So we're celebrating our 20 years. WordPress is celebrating its 20 years. So, you know, even from the get-go, obviously, I want to say back at the time, it was a little more mixed bag of WordPress and Drupal and Joomla sort of being the the, the big three, so to speak. Um, obviously, WordPress ended up, um, you know, taking off um, and, and, and being that primary piece. So, you know, we quickly realized, obviously, there was just a large demand for WordPress. So we, we had been hosting... Lots of WordPress sites since the very beginning. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by Avalara, who you can count on to make sure your clients' Woo shops are tax compliant year round. Just check them out at avalara.com. Tell you more about Avalara later in the show. So let's get started. And as you will hear, Jonathan will also introduce Brian, but he has this great chat with Brian Mutig, CEO of A2 Hosting. And with 20 years of running a hosting company, I'll tell you, Brian has a story to tell and a lot of insights to share. So let's get right into it. Welcome to another episode of Do the Woo. I'm Jonathan Wold, and with me, is Brian Mutig, the uh, CEO of A2 Hosting. Welcome, Brian. Yes, thanks for having me. So you've been in the WordPress industry for a while now. Uh, and when did when did uh, your interest in like technology sort of first start? Yeah, so um, long time ago. Um, I got my first computer when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, and I guess you could say I've been, been pretty much hooked ever since. Um, you know, this was... Back in the day, with my uh, you know 386 and my 2400 baud modem that I think I convinced my mom to get me, so I was an uh, avid BBSer in the beginning. If that gives you, you know, if I'm aging myself here a little bit with that one, but yeah, so you know, started off there, really just became a hobby obsession, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it at that point. What, what was it about the technology that you think that, that drew you to it? You know, I think um, I think I've just always had that sort of engineering science mind. You know, that's just interested in figuring things out and solving problems. And you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I ended up uh, reloading my system when I broke something. And through the course of doing that, you know, you 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 figure out how things work, right? So sort of started that, and then. Yeah, I think I just kind of got hooked on the whole thing and, and you know, Windows getting reloaded for the 27th time because something went wrong back in the days. Things were obviously not as uh, stable as they are now. Um, but yeah, through the course of that, you know, software and then got into the hardware and, you know, then you get your modem and it's slow and you want a faster one. Um, so yeah, that's really kind of what, what drew, drew me to it. So, so you started out with the, the internet being a part of it per, fairly early on. And for those, <laughs> so how would you describe what the internet was like in those early days? Yeah. So I think that's, it's kind of an interesting story. So I'm, I'm in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan is where, where I grew up. And so we have the university of Michigan here. So I, you know, I actually went to a, a computer camp, like a summer computer camp that the, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but the, you know, the engineering uh, department had here. Um, and I, I want to say it was like a two week camp. And that was really my first introduction to the, to the internet itself. I've been doing BBSing and I've been doing all that, but 
getting to use the university computers and we learned Unix, um, you know, had access, had accounts, uh, were able to actually get on the internet in their facilities, which was, you know, very, very new then. Um, and then actually through that, we were also able to um, get dial-up internet access uh, through the university, through that program. Um, so that was really then, you know, getting hooked on that at the, uh, after, after that and seeing all the things and, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, so especially at that age, I think also often it's games that sort of like get you yeah. hooked on stuff. Right. So I was playing muds and that was, you know, that was the thing back in the day. It was, it was, uh, yeah. And, and at the risk of showing my inexperience or age on this. So, <laughs> but, but just to make sure that folks understand. So with DBSing, that was more about like, you'd connect to a specific um, you connect to it's all text based, right? And you connect to a specific thing, yeah. And you would like dial into something, and you'd be connected, and there'd be an exchange of messages. It was like, how would you describe it for someone who hadn't experienced it? Yeah, I mean, sort of, you know, very early internet. Yep, you know, one phone line, one connection, um, and yeah, you know, you you would be able to go onto forums and have discussions, download software. Yeah, it was sort of that very early uh, iteration of of. Uh, connectivity and, uh, and mail emailing, um, as well. Sending messages through multiple BBSs became a thing at some point as well. Somebody figured out so that was the beginning. Now, obviously then you, then you see the real internet and you're like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. My, my first internet experience, well, no, I wouldn't say the first, but where it's sort of like, I, I, first I thought the internet I was, this was on windows 95. I thought the internet was uh, AOL. Yes. So yes. you'd connect to AOL and it was like the list of games and the things that you'd have there into the initial screen. And I remember that like, oh, wow, there's a whole lot more than this little garden that I'm being presented. And that that was like a, a mind-blowing experience. So so you go to camp. So you have this BBS in background. You go to camp. The world starts to open up. What was the point where you're like, or if, when did it, when did you start to suspect or have that interest in that technology would be like where your career would go? Yeah. Um, I, well, I would say, honestly, my, uh, you know, my mom was a nurse here at U of M. And so I was always around, you know, I thought I would go in the medical field, be a doctor, be a nurse, do something in that area, just because it was what, you know, often it, it is what you're kind of what you're used to. But yeah, I think pretty quickly, it, you know, first couple of years there, I was, I was hooked on it. I just really liked doing it and it was blowing up. The internet's blowing up and you're like, you know, made some friends that were doing similar uh, things as I was, you know, got introduced to Linux and, and um, yeah, you know, just started hacking away at stuff and, and realizing that I really enjoyed it. It seemed like a good career prospect at the time. And the demand was obviously uh, starting to get crazy. You just couldn't find people that knew what they were doing. So that was the thing. So self fully self, you know, self-taught really at that stage, like many Many folks were. You know, there really wasn't a lot of formal training for, for that back then. When did hosting first come into the picture for you? Like, what was your first experience with hosting when, when as a concept? Like, what was when did that come in? Yeah, um, well, I would say that, uh, well, I'll, I'll continue a little bit further then. So I actually ended up going to uh, Michigan Tech for a year and a half um, doing electrical engineering because really back then it was, you know, EE or CS were your kind of options in, in sort of that technical computer field. You know, I had been programming. I knew how to program. It wasn't just like, it wasn't a passion of mine, though. 
Um, and the EE side was way too much on the hardware end of the spectrum that I also wasn't particularly in, interested in all the nitty-gritty details. And um, I would say, you know, my background really was Unix system administration. I mean, that's I liked putting all the pieces together, integrating everything, and putting a platform together, and um, getting getting that all to go. So that was kind of the hobby. I went up to college for a while, um, ended up realizing that I really didn't want to do this EE thing. It seemed like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing this for another three years. I had a friend who had started working as a Unix system administrator at uh, Ford Motor Company here. You know, I made a deal with my mom. I basically said, if I can get a job this summer that pays, you know, uh, well, like a, a real job, you know, a real, real job, um, and you can't really get mad at me if I don't go back to school, right? Um, I think she thought she was going to win that bet. So, um, you know, three weeks later, I was I was hired and I was uh, working also as a Unix system administrator. So that was my my first uh, my first job, and it was a it was a very good like foot in the door kind of situation. There was Solaris training that was provided to, to kind of make it, you know, get certified and get official. So, um, you know, did that for uh, uh, several years. And uh, as far as like hosting is concerned, we we really just started hosting for family and friends. So I, I originally had a friend that I started doing hosting with here and we hosted, you know, his mom's website. And little by little then, you know, other friends, family members would say, hey, I have a website. Can you host my website? And, you know, we had a server that we had co-located locally, you know, on a T1 line, which was like amazing. And um, that's really how it started. So we, we started doing family and friends for a while just as a hobby business, just as an aside. I, you know, I, I tell everyone I'm, I'm kind of an accidental entrepreneur because I really just kind of fell into this. Like many of us are, it's the dirty little secret. I think most of us end up just, you know, falling into some of these things. So, but yeah, so we did that for uh, a little while and then, you know, just were like, well, cool. Or, you know, we have, I don't know, we're hosting sites for people. We have this set up already. Let's put up a website. So we put up a website and allowed it so that others could actually, you know, strangers on the internet could go order hosting services from us. Tried to figure out how to do some marketing, uh, read about this crazy thing. What was that moment where, so you've been doing the friends and family and that just sort of, there's a natural trajectory, uh, referrals probably that people are like, hey, could you also do this person? Like kind of that. What was the moment where you're like, uh, maybe this is a, this is a business or we can, we can sort of take this to a next level. Like what was that moment? Yeah. I mean, literally the first goal was just to pay for our own server co-location costs. You know, I think we were paying 150 bucks a month or something. We're like, well, it'd be cool if we, we had this. And then, um, yeah. So I would say we put up that first website. I read about search engine optimization. I actually ended up re- writing the first copy of our first website myself, trying to do this crazy search engine optimization stuff. And all of a sudden, we started ranking in, you know, top 10 for, for certain keywords and started getting traffic, started getting people coming in, figured out a way to do some stuff that others uh, hadn't at the time where, like, we were supporting PHP version 5 when everybody was still on 4. So we found some creative ways to, to do some stuff like that. So, you know, we started getting people coming in and signing up and we saw the numbers and we're like, oh, I think, you know, if this keeps going like it is, we're going to be able to do that. So business partner at the time, he actually ended up 
uh, working full time for us. Um, and then a year later, I joined and actually um, left my, my, my corporate gig. Um, and at the time, I was at, actually at MCI WorldCom. But um, yeah, and then we were, then we were in. We were, we were working full time now. Because at this point, you, you had taken the uh, Unix administrator route. You continued that. What, what's, the, what's the approximate year where like, you made the switch into, okay, we're going to do this, this hosting business full time? So A2 uh, technically started 2003. I believe it was 2005 when we were sort of doing it full time, both of us. Actually ended up buying out my partner at the time, uh, I think a year or two later. Um, and then, and then it was, it was me, right? So then I was on the, uh, uh, on the hook here and, and, uh, it was, it was my business and I was uh, running things. I think we had a few employees at the time already, um, helping us out and, you know, just kind of realized, okay, well, this is looking like it's going to be my career, right? This is the thing that, that I've, that I've fallen into. Um, so yeah, we just, you know, just, uh, Started taking it more seriously, obviously, and, and um, kept trying to figure things out from there. What's the story behind the name? So, yes, A2 Ann Arbor. That's the simple story. Um, yeah, well, I like it. Yeah. Ann Arbor locally here is called uh, A2 or A squared. A squared obviously doesn't really work so well. Coupled that with the concept of back in the day, there were a lot of web directory listings. So, you know, being at the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I figured that couldn't be a bad thing as far as uh, from a marketing perspective is concerned as well. So, so you had this fairly organic trajectory. Um, you started out with this interest in it. The internet comes along. There's this fairly natural progression um, of, okay, we're going to host sites. We're going to put them up there. And it's still, I like the, like the hobby narrative, like, Oh, it would be cool to have a T1. We just have to cover the cost of this. So let's, let's find some folks who kind of want to do this. When, when does WordPress first come into the radar for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, pretty quickly, right. I think, uh, you know, so we're celebrating our 20 years. WordPress is celebrating its 20 years. So, you know, even from the get go, obviously I want to say back at the time, it was a little more mixed bag of WordPress and Drupal and Joomla sort of being the, the, the big three, so to speak. Um, obviously, WordPress ended up, um, you know, taking off um, and, and, and being that primary piece. So, you know, we quickly realized, obviously, there was just a large demand for WordPress. So we, we had been hosting you know, lots of WordPress sites since the very beginning. Cool. And for the work as a whole, like hosting, it's an interesting, it's an interesting business for a lot of reasons. I, I describe it to folks as somewhat thankless. At times, <laughs> where you tend to not hear from customers a whole lot until something's wrong. Yes. Um, so, so there's this this ideal world where it's like we don't want to hear from them that much, but it's a kind of an odd business uh, in that sense. Um, and it's also something that's quite like fundamental to many people. Like, <laughs> there's a reason why it's it can be such an elevated or uh, extreme experience for someone. Like, because it's like, oh, it's my business. Kind of all this. It's quite that's interesting. 20 years into the work, what do you enjoy most about it? At my core, I'm still, you know, a tinkerer and I still like um, solving problems. And I still like trying to figure out how do we make this go faster? How do we uh, give our customers a better experience? Um, everything along that line. So, you know, you, you kind of hit it, hit a goal, you hit somewhere and you say, okay, well, what can we what can we do next? How can we make this better? How can we improve this? So, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's been the thing that I've been, you know, most uh, 
passionate about. And, you know, going back, I think it was about 2008. Oh, no, maybe it was longer than that. Maybe it was like eight years ago. But anyway, at some point, we, you know, we did a customer survey and we realized that our customers were looking for fast websites. And that was a surprise to us. We really hadn't figured that out yet. And I don't know we had really figured that out yet, that performance was such a big thing. Um, and we looked around and I, you know, I basically said, well, who's the, you know, we're, we were looking for a differentiator, right? There's a million hosting companies. What is it that we want to do? What's our thing? How are we going to, you know, stand out from the crowd? And that was the aha moment for us, right? It was sort of like, uh, I looked around and I'm like, well, who's the performance hosting provider? I couldn't find it, right? I couldn't at the time, you know, now everybody claims to be the fastest and this and that. Back then, that was that really was not something that was on the radar for most people. So, you know, I like to say we were, you know, if not the first, one of the first companies definitely to pivot and, and make that our thing. And I've been personally very passionate about that ever since because it's it's been something we attached to and obviously it's, it's worked out very well for us. So you have this, this unique... Uh, uh, I think advantage, uh, but also just experience of kind of kind of following WordPress's trajectory fairly explicitly with 20 years, right? Like when you started A2 to like how old WordPress is today, are there anything, and it's interesting too, with that performance narrative as well, because it's it's been quite interesting to watch as WordPress has grown from a blog with fairly straightforward, I would say, like requirements and you know, not a whole lot to it, to people doing more and more and more. And ultimately to, to the focus of this podcast and e-commerce, which is an entire world of itself. What, what are some of the things that stand out to you over that 20 years? Like, and just watching the WordPress as a product and the ecosystem evolve, are there any particular highlights or moments that stood out as you look back over those 20 years? It's just been a progression and evolution, right? I mean, I, uh, from from the hosting side of things, obviously, um, which is you know probably where I'm I'm uh, best positioned to answer. You know, it, like I said, performance was always a big a big issue, and I think one of the biggest evolutions on the hosting front was getting into the application layer. That was um, something that you know when we first were hosting websites, there was always this separation of like, well, we run the platform, the application and everything, that's your problem, right? That's not our problem. And I, I, that was caused obviously a lot of frustration for a lot of people who weren't maybe, you know, WordPress experts um, or understood all the bits and pieces that need to, to, to go into tying the hardware and the platform in with the application and making, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm an integrator by, by heart, right? So like making all those pieces work together and, and really understanding. Um, I mean, there's been obviously a huge evolution in, in, in that over the years, but um, I know that was a, a big one where, you know, we, we would have discussions internally and you're like, that's not going to work anymore. We can't just say, oh, go find a dev to fix your problem. Like we're going to have to own this too for people. Um, that's, that's certainly on the hosting side, I think been a big evolution Um for sure, just the, the development of platforms and caching plugins and all these different pieces that really uh, allow a WordPress or a, a WordPress site to be performant when properly configured. Now, unfortunately, you see a lot of ones that are not properly configured still. So 
that's an area where we we feel like we can you know we can help out a lot. What about WooCommerce? When when did that first come onto the radar for you? Uh, I'm I'm, oof, uh, I'm I'm not gonna be able to give you a date off the top of my head here, but obviously um, you know Woo got super popular. Um, we started seeing people ask for it, and uh, same sort of thing, right? Like we we just started saying, okay, well this is a different beast. It's e-commerce, right? And there's a lot of dynamic content. And how are we going to, how are we going to address the specific needs uh, from a, from a performance aspect for, you know, e-commerce site? So I think one of the keys is that you ask the question, you're asking those types of questions, because one of the common mistakes that I would see early on is, or hosts who take like a kind of a one size fits all approach. Oh, this is just WordPress. Um, and we have a, a standard play here, cash all the things. And then hearing from customers like, why isn't this stuff working? And I, I can understand the, you know, it's a general challenge that I found is if you're not paying attention and curious, you, you don't notice how much is changing. And e-commerce coming into WordPress is a great example of an almost 180, at least from my perspective, in terms of expectations of how it's going to work and what the playbook is. So you, uh, yeah, I just, for me, Knowing like that, that ends up being the key that you ask those questions, right? That's okay. This is different. Like these, our customers needs are different here. So how did you handle that? Like, so you have a playbook that's working for WordPress. You have this, okay, this is what we do. This is how we sort of dial performance. And now e-commerce comes into the picture has very different needs. how did you think about that? Well, I think the way I would look, you know, look at it from that aspect is just because so much of the you know, WooCommerce is dynamic and um, pieces can be cached, but a lot of things can't be cached in the same way that a static normal site would be able to. So, you know, we look at it as addressing all the layers in the platform, right? You need solid hardware at the, at the base of this, right? We need fast CPUs. You need things that are going to make PHP go quickly, right? And be able to process those requests. That That is... Um, you know, still the case always has been makes the performance and the the experience so much so much better. So, you know, we we look at all those layers, right? And that's really what it comes down to. And and you know, I guess I'll say too, like we we developed our um, A2 optimized uh, WordPress plugin as part of that, right? It was sort of like it was again, we is how do we take all the things we know that work on our platform to optimize websites. And try to make that easier for customers to, to do. So, you know, we started that years and years and years ago. Um, again, before before most people that I, I'm not even sure that anybody else had been doing anything like that that I'm aware of. But that was, you know, that was a big, a big piece of, of doing that. We also have like WooCommerce specific things in there and obviously caching plugins that we're using that are also WooCommerce uh, aware and are, are trying to uh, obviously do the right things for um, a WooCommerce site versus, uh, you know, a standard uh, WordPress site. Want to be a hero when it comes to your clients? You've built the site. Now you want to make sure that with your client's WooShop, that they are insured that they have accurate sales tax rates in place, especially in case of an audit. Avalara is a leader in automating sales tax and compliance for businesses selling online, both big and small. If you're setting up a new WooCommerce site, get your clients set for sales. If you currently manage several client sites, it may be time to make that recommendation. 
Either way, get their WooCommerce extension and let your clients take advantage of a 60-day free trial. There's also great resources for either you or your clients on their site where you can learn more about sales tax calculation, among other services like returns and exemptions. So for peace of mind, avalera.com has you covered. You have this strong sort of open source uh, alignment from the early days, WordPress, Drupal, Joomla. Uh, you're getting to see that side of things. What was it like for you? Or does anything stand out to you about noticing the rise of like software as a service? Like for instance, in this particular context, let's talk, let's reference Shopify, right? Like you're, you're seeing sort of open source growing. You're also seeing some of the challenges with it. And then suddenly these proprietary platforms are growing quite quickly and like, what's that, what's, what was your perspective on that as a host? Like, was it just like, oh, it's all kind of off to the side? Like, how did you think about that? Uh, I mean, definitely scary in the beginning. I won't, I won't lie. Right. You get, you get your, your Wixes and Weeblies and, and Shopify's and Squarespace's and these guys coming up. Um, and you're like, oh gosh, what is this going to mean for us and for work, you know, for WordPress and, and WooCommerce uh, specifically? And I think what we found is, of course, those folks have taken chunks of the market, but you know, WordPress and WooCommerce have this this ecosystem and community, and I think that those are obviously some of the hugest strengths there. So even though. I think we can all agree that there's some frustration sometimes because, you know, you having to piece together things versus like a Shopify where basically it's all on a united front and it kind of, you know, tends to work out of the box. Uh, well, uh, you know, there are downsides to that as well. Cost, value, right? And, and customization, right? That's the downside. You can't necessarily do all the things that you want to do specifically for your site. So... Um, you know, I think on the one end of the spectrum, you have, you know, you have these services, these SaaS services that lock you in, you can't get out of the ecosystem. And if you want the freedom and flexibility to do what you want to do, you have to look elsewhere for that. And that's where, you know, the WordPress ecosystem, the community come, uh, come into play. And I, I don't know that that's ever, you know, going to change ever, right? I think there's a place for, for both of those things. I think it just depends on, um, on the customer and what their needs are. Where do you see hosting as an industry going? You've referenced some of the high, the, the key points on the SaaS side, right? Like people, like you know, there's there's a simplification to it. Um, they like just they tend these days to have better onboarding experiences, like so you can get up and running. Hosting is a massive industry. Um, I think a lot of people sort of miss that, especially if you consider the global nature of the ecosystem. But like, where for someone who's been in this now for twenty plus years. Like where where do you see it going? I think customer experience is the thing that everybody's really starting to focus on here as well. And I think you know you look at uh, kind of like we said, just said, right? How do we how do we bring uh, a better customer experience for WordPress and WooCommerce customers, right? That are, that are as easy as these SaaS options, right? So I think directionally, and I don't know, you know, some people have certain customer bases that they figured out pretty good solutions for. But I think all in all, even, even just, the, you know, the WordPress community, I think we would all probably agree that it'd be nice if it were easier, right? I think that that is something that, you know, you hear from, from everybody. So I think we're going to see continued development in that area. That's really just, 
you know, going to be a continued development. How do we make it easier to use for customers? How do you as a host relate to that too? Because like you've got your, your own base of customers that you're responsible for. And at least in my, at least generally, I don't know what it's been like for you, but like a lot of hosts in my experience in conversations tend to, uh, it, like WordPress was just what customers asked for. And then they wake up one day to find out that, wow, this is like the dominant platform. And so then, okay, what do we sort of do about this? So on the one hand, it's what the customers want that matters, right? If there was suddenly this new thing and it was just taking off like crazy, you would owe it to your customers to, to provide support and sort of build around that. On the other, like WordPress is, is, seems quite clearly to be here to stay. WooCommerce the same on sort of the markets, the market side of things. And, so, so there's this, I'm curious, like for you as a host, do you, like what degree of influence do you, or responsibility do you feel that you have for like the product side of things? Because, and that, yeah. yeah. How do you think about that? I think we just keep, we're constantly trying to improve the experience and simplify things for people. I mean, we have so many customers we get that, um, you know, they come in and, Maybe they have 50 plugins installed and they're wondering why their site is slow, right? Um, it's just not easy for them to manage their sites and keep, keep everything updated and upgraded and up to date and, and, and check on performance. It's the management portion that is um, a struggle for a lot of folks. Um, and I think there's a desire for them to have services that allow you know, the simplicity of some of these SaaS platforms within WordPress. And so I think directionally, that's still a problem that we, um, as hosting companies, can continue to do a better job of solving. I think there's still opportunity there for, for, for that. For example, I kind of mentioned our, our A2 Optimize plugin, um, but that, that plugin itself is... Uh, you know, it was designed kind of as a DIY, right? Like you go in, you see, hey, here are recommendations, what we can do, click the button, we'll turn on Redis, ca- you know, Redis caching, we'll turn on this kind of caching, you know, that sort of stuff, right? Oh, we noticed that you're doing this and that's not best practices, slowing the site down or you have outdated plugins, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we've actually been beta testing now, going in and doing a lot of those optimizations for customers, um, because people are just, it's beyond what they're comfortable doing. And so we've been looking at how do we, you know, how do we have a service where we can basically go in and, and make your site faster for you. And what we found is very positive, huge reduction in churn, right? Customers that come and you, you get them a high score are obviously happy because you delivered on that promise for speed. Right. And, um, if I can do some numbers here real quick, because I, I do like to do that, is, you know, we had 92% of our sites that came through this optimization service uh, had their Google Core Web Vitals overall score increased um, an average of 19 points. And 80% of those sites we were able to get over uh, 90 or above, and on average, a 60% uh, load speed increase on this. So, you know, the numbers are... Fantastic, right? For for most of these folks, we're able to take even their existing sites that maybe haven't been updated, maybe weren't designed with performance uh, in mind originally, um, and maybe they don't have that developer, they don't have that person to help out. So I think what we're finding is that there's you know there's just a demand for help in these areas, and so anything we can do to help make this 
process easier for customers and offer them the services to be able to do that uh, work for them and help them maintain and manage. And specifically when you're looking at like small agencies and SMBs, like they want to focus on their business, right? They don't want to deal with hosting and words. WordPress and WooCommerce updates and uh, and testing it out and, and seeing now where my you know where my performance scores now that now that I built this site right so we can come in and basically help with some of those things uh, and that's kind of what I was getting at just to loop back is coming into the customer experience providing tools and services to be able to help solve some of those problems that customers are facing you know we have to get into the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of of WordPress and WooCommerce to be able to help with that. Um, because as you know, just throwing a CDN, you know, some hosting companies will just throw a CDN on and say, good. And, you know, like I was saying, it's it's about good hardware, the stack being good, your plugins have to be configured properly. All of these different pieces need to work together from a hardware and software standpoint for you to get those, those you know, that best experience. And that's that's really our, our bread and butter. Let's talk a bit more about the experience side of things. So, so now... Take take the the audience, the builders that are listening. So you have your agency folks, you have product folks, uh, focus on WooCommerce. Um, th- there's a there's a curious tension when it comes to experience. Where for you as a host, it's like how far into the customer's experience do you go, right? Like uh, it's a where's that line? Because some hosts, if they could just wave a magic wand, it's like they don't ever want to have to touch the applications. They don't care. They just want to like provide the applications. WordPress and WooCommerce increasingly prove to be applications that aren't that way. They tend to require a bit more of an integrated experience. Where what are some of the opportunities? Because you, so you get to see a lot. Like you get to you see all sorts of agencies working on things. You you get to see a wide range of products. At a high level, what are some of the opportunities that you see for builders who want to provide better experiences to their customers on WooCommerce? Like, what are some of the any trends that stand out to you? Anything that ah, this this would be great if this was better. I mean, not to harp on the same things here, but I think we're you know we, we that is still a, a huge piece of the puzzle that that we we see we see companies and builders and uh, agencies that often just don't have the full stack optimized and they don't, that's maybe not there. They don't understand that they're going maybe to a, you know, a, another managed WordPress provider, for example, like I said, and then getting a CDN turned on and that helps with certain things. But why is my WP admin slow? Why is, you know, why are all these pieces? Those are the things that we like to dig into to understand why that is. How do you solve those problems? Um, and, that is 100% going into the application layer. It's it's all the pieces of it. And and I don't think that's going anywhere. It's just going to be more. Like we are just going to be going more into um, the, the nitty gritty details. And it's not easy, right? Every theme has settings that work with that theme and settings that don't work with that theme particularly well for caching. Um, and that's those are some of the learnings that we've uh, been going through and trying to find ways to make sure customers are having a good experience with us. It sounds like a starting point when you're in an open source ecosystem like ours is curiosity. Cause that, that's a theme that I'm hearing recurring and your experience and what you're describing is like, okay, h- how does this stuff work? Some, for some folks, it's like, you know, the, the, the challenge might be like, Oh, I just want to like turn on a CDN and like expect that it's all taken care of. And it's like, no, in this ecosystem, in this world for better or for worse or benefits and trade-offs, there's more complexity to it. And it's it's important to ask questions about it. Like, why is this not working that way? Why is this slower over here? What's what's going on here? 
you can't just throw Cloudflare in front of it and assume that everything is going to you know be fast. Certainly yeah. it helps, but there's more to it. A lot more to it. So let's take agencies for for a moment first. Like people who are in the service side of things, um, what, what are some of the opportunities that? Because and and I, and I want to point out too, like it feels there is a clear line because unless I'm mistaken, you probably like you you only really want to go as far into customizing the application as you need to to like make sure the customer is taken care of. Like that's not the business that you're wanting to be in. Like you're not wanting to to go in and like someone says, hey, I want to have a new landing page in my store. Like you don't want them calling you for that, right? We're certainly not at that level at that point right now. Um, it's it's a it's really a question of what can we do to help support your business if you're having problems, right? Um, whatever those problems may be, and those uh, obviously it's like. If your site's down or your site's slow, we always end up getting blamed for that, right? That's ultimate, you know, almost always what happens, um, despite the fact that it, it most of the time ends up being a software configuration issue, right? It's just not, it's not optimized. We're not using caching properly. And the expectation keeps growing that that's something that the host needs to be dealing with and taking care of. So that's, uh, you know, that's where we're moving. We're just saying, you know what? We have to own this because the customers are demanding, asking that we own this. Um, and so that's that's the path that we're continuing to take. So that, uh, you know, for agencies that, that yeah, they, you know, they want to build their sites and, and keep their customers happy. So if, if we're providing services that are keeping their sites, the customer sites fast, that's a win for them. It's a win for us. Um, they have happy customers. We have happy clients, right? Everybody wins. So you get to see a lot of products, uh, a lot of plugins, a lot of a lot of different configurations of things. Sometimes too much, uh, maybe sometimes not enough. For for there's a, we're seeing a lot of growth in the product space where people are building extensions for WooCommerce, new plugins. Um, they're, they're, we're also at this interesting place where the future of WordPress is also evolving with like full site editing and the Gutenberg transitions, etc. Uh, so what what are some of the opportunities? Well. How about how about it this way? What are what do you like to see in products? Like for entrepreneurs who are coming into the space, obviously you care about performance. So, like from let's just take that perspective alone for a moment. What are some of the I guess indicators for you that a product is it is showing that they care about performance in in sort of the development and like how it's put together? Compatibility with uh, with themes and other, you know, that, that's a big, a big piece of it, right? There, there are just, because there's so many variations that customers are, uh, are using, um, different, different themes, different builders, different, you know, so we, we see that some things just aren't compatible with each other. So taking that into account, even from a performance aspect is understanding, you know, have we tested this with all these different, you know, at least the big ones to understand, like, is this going to cause a slowdown? Is this going to cause a problem? Does this break my, you know, my caching because these two things aren't talking to each other about what should be cached and what shouldn't be cached. Um, so, you know, we see a lot of a lot of that depending on, like I said, specific builders. I look at it this way, like we want to give you a solid platform. There's a lot of folks out there that just, they just want this rock solid starting point, right? And, you know, they know what they're doing. They know what plugins they want to install, what themes they want to install, especially for agencies, folks that do this all day long. And that's fine. We, you know, we love those customers because they're, they're great. They know, you know, they, they just want our, they want fast support, fast websites and fast setup. That's our, 
performance pledge. We talk about that internally. Those are the things that we uh, think are going to help customers be successful. Now, what I'm talking about is leveling up to help out the customers that maybe need some assistance in that area, right? If there's something specific that they're not familiar with, or they're saying, hey, I'm banging my head against the wall. We're having performance issues. This is obviously an area we know a lot about and trying to help them out, right? For, for filling any gaps that, that they may have in their, in their knowledge. As you think about the next, let's just take like the next three years in the ecosystem. So you, you see this natural trajectory. Uh, WooCommerce, as a great example, has grown a lot over the past couple of years. And, uh, and, and so there's natural, there's growing pains associated with that. I think, uh, I, I would be very surprised if any of the early developers on Woo, and I know this is like anecdotally, uh, most people working on it did, never saw, never predicted that it would go this far. So there are, there are challenges, there are things that, uh, we have to work through now that we're making progress on. But as you think about the next couple of years, from your perspective as a host, what are some of the things that you would like to see more of in the ecosystem? I'd like to see, the ecosystem working together, right? I think that there's opportunity there where we do have these sort of disjointed, um, you know, everybody has their plugin or their theme or whatever that they're, that they are, are working on. And we don't have like a cohesive set necessarily like, like a Shopify does, right? Where we can get these things to work together and it just works out of the box, right? You're, you're kind of on your own for a lot of that still. And I, you know, don't ask me what that looks like. I'm, I'm on the hosting side of the fence, but, you know, from a, a, a community and ecosystem standpoint, I think being able to uh, really work together to come up with some of those uh, solutions for customers. And ultimately, the customer just wants a solution, right? They just want, they want to be able to sell the thing that they're doing. They're not, most of them are not going to be interested in the whys and the whats and the details, it just needs to work. It needs to be fast and it needs to be easy. I love it. You are going to be heading out to Athens in a couple of weeks for, for WordCamp Europe. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to about that event? You know, it's been years um, since I've, I've been able to go. Obviously, COVID and everything happened. Um, so I'm just excited to see people, um, talk to people, understand where are we at now, what problems are we running into what are the opportunities we have to, to help from a hosting perspective? What, what can we do to make your lives easier as, as WordPress uh, and, and WooCommerce professionals, right? Um, I think that's, that's, that to me is, is the conversations and the net, you know, that networking is, is always uh, super exciting. Brian, we really appreciate um, the work that, that you've been doing over all these years. Uh, hosting is a really important part of what makes this industry possible. And, um, it's been great to you know, congratulations on the 20 years. Also really appreciate the just growing involvement that a two has had in the community broadly. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a big deal. Looking forward to seeing you guys at, at WordCamp. for folks who have questions or want to connect with you. What's the best way to get in touch? You can email me if you like, <laughs> uh, a two CEO at a two hosting.com, which is a public email that we share with everyone that um, I still get those messages myself and I still read them. That is one that we send all our customers when they sign up. And if there's anything that you feel gets to the level where you would like me to know about it, um, that, that email address is, uh, is available for, for you to use. Otherwise I'm on LinkedIn and you know, all the, the normal places there. So 
Yeah, and I will just add real quick, um, we will also be at uh, WordCamp US um, with our leadership team. So we're going to have and a couple other uh, folks joining us as well, including you know, developers of our Optimize plugin. Um, so reach out, find us there as well. We'll have uh, lots of lots of people to uh, uh, be able to, to talk to you. Awesome. Brian, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at WordCamp Europe and talk to you again. Hey, Bob WP here again, and what a 20-year ride, huh? Some of us cannot even fathom being in the hosting ecosystem for 20 years. But I admit, Brian didn't disappoint us with his story. So if you see Brian or any of his team at any of the upcoming WordCamps, WordCamp Europe or WordCamp US, it gave him a little kudos for those 20 years. Also, you could learn a little bit about A2 hosting. So, let's wrap up here. like to give one more shout-out to Avalara. No one wants that headache of taxes, especially your clients. So, I would suggest let the pros at Avalara.com take care of them for you or your clients. And, of course, we always appreciate you listening. And until the next time, keep on doing the woo.